Today is Tuesday, November the 14th, 2023. Welcome to the show. On the program today, the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. That's what the latest numbers from Statistics Canada say. Also, did U.S. inflation go up or down in October? We're going to look at that. It didn't take long for BC Airbnb owners to conjure up new scams. Stellantis makes a new deal and now they're ditching 50% of their non-unionized workers. And we're going to look at a couple of earnings reports. So let's get started with today's news. It's one thing if the rich keep getting richer, right? That's kind of what we expect. That's what we've become uh, accustomed to, the wealthy becoming more wealthy. But the poor are also making less money. And I'm not saying less in relation to the high income earners. That's happening, obviously. But they're actually earning less money. And that's a growing problem. In 2021, the top 1% of all taxpayers here in Canada saw their income rise by 9.4%. The bottom half, so 50% of tax filers, saw income actually decline on average by $1,400. I'm going to get more into the actual numbers in a second here, but this does raise an interesting question to me. According to the data, 22.5%, 22.5% of all Canadian income tax was paid by 1% of the tax filers. So I guess the question here is, is it fair to rely on so few Canadians to carry such a heavy tax burden? I definitely would agree that the more you earn, the more you should pay. That's the way our system works. We have a graduated tax system. It's designed so that those who can afford contribute more. The more you make, the more you pay. That's just the way it is. But should there be a limit? You know, if we look at this from an income perspective only, the top 1% of Canadian earners received 10.4% of all the income earned in 2021, but they paid 22.5% of the taxes. And you could say that that's a pretty heavy lift uh, for a very small uh, number of the people. Let's look at some of the details. As I mentioned, the top 1% of tax filers saw income rise by 9.4%. So that is an average income of 579,100 go up to the elite, you see the top 0.1%. They saw the average total go up by 17.4%. That comes in now at just over $2 million. And not to be outdone, uh, the top 0.01%, they saw the average total income go up by 25.7%. Their average income in that category is now $7,731,400. Now in contrast, the bottom 50% that I mentioned earlier saw income decline by $1,400 on average to an income of $21,100. Now, one thing that these um, income numbers highlight to me is the importance of investing. Now, I get it. Not everybody is in the position um, to invest. I hope if you're watching this channel, you, um, you know, you're generating uh, some form of income. Portion of that can uh, be invested and used to create that stream uh, of income. And in this case, I'm going to look at dividend income because in 2021, the top 1% of earners saw uh, pretty significant increases in their dividend income. Uh, of course, you can only create that if you actually invest. Filers in the top 1% received an average dividend income of $90,200, and that's up 12.9% from 2020. Uh, those in the top 0.1%, they received $429,500 uh, in dividend income on average, uh, and that is up um, 19% when you compare that to 2022. And if you fall into that category, the ultra elite, where you're 0.01% of income earners, you actually saw average dividend income in the year of $2,009,700. Now, again, of course, most people will never create uh, this type of income, but even on a smaller scale, it does show the power of building an investment portfolio and generating some form 
uh, of cash flow there. Now, another key source of income that was highlighted in this report are capital gains. And of the people reporting in 2021, only 12.2% of filers actually reported capital gains. So 12.2% of everybody reported capital gains. The average gain uh, reported was $37,600. Of that though, only 5% of people who reported a gain uh, recorded a gain of $131,100 or more. So most came in at much lower amounts than that. Now when capital gains are added to the total income, I mentioned earlier, the average income for the top 1% goes to $811,800, and that is up 20.5% year over year. If you fall into the top 0.1% category, your average income was, catch this, $3,230,000, all sources. That's up 27.6%. And finally, if you fall into the top 0.01% of Canadians, your total income was up 30%, and that's to his average of $12,542,100. The inflation rate in the U.S. slowed to 3.2% in October. That's down from 3.7% that we saw in both August and September. And it came in below the market forecast, which were projecting a 3.3% inflation rise there. Uh, some of the biggest contributors to the drop were energy costs, as they tend to be. They were down 4.5%. Uh, gasoline prices declined 5.3% in the month. Uh, utility gas service was fell 15.8% and fuel oil was down by 21.4%. Um, it was nice to see food prices. They grew at 3.3%, but it's actually a slower pace than the 3.7% we saw back in uh, September in the US. Uh, shelter was down 6.7% and that is down from the 7.2% we saw a month earlier. Now, the most obvious significance of these numbers here is that from an economic perspective, it's how they will affect Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve Board as they consider uh, the next rate announcement that comes on uh, December the 13th. So, you know, about a month or so out from now. Uh, last week, Powell said that the Fed officials were not confident yet that rates were high enough uh, to tame inflation. And it is obvious, though, that the rate increases that the Fed have put into place so far have had an impact. And when we look at the numbers year over year, Inflation peaked out at 9.1% back in June of 2022. That is the highest level in four decades. We'll probably all remember that. Uh, they've dropped from that level to this new level in October of 3.2%. The Blossom community is continuing to grow. It's just around 60,000 or so members now. There's some, I know, very exciting plans coming up for the next couple of months. If you are not already a member, it's free to join. You just download the Blossom app. It's easy to get started. If you do set up a profile, be sure to follow me. My username is Mark B, so M-A-R-C-B. You can keep up to date on my holdings and my trades. I reported on this program a few weeks ago that the province of BC has introduced some pretty strong regulation that's designed to crack down on Airbnb and other short-term rental programs in order to open up more housing for the general population. It didn't take long uh, for some of these Airbnb uh, business owners to start fighting back. Uh, Ravi Kalan, he's the BC Minister of Housing, he showed a screenshot of a Vancouver-based rental company that's offering 500 bucks to people who will essentially break the law. Uh, he's asking them to change the, driver, the address on their driver's license to an address that the rental management company will, will select then apply for an Airbnb approval saying that that is their primary residence. Now, he says that Anyone considering the offer needs to understand that the scheme is illegal and those taking part in this would find themselves in, as he quoted, a lot of trouble for really no gain. Uh, the meat of the legislation, it will, it's scheduled to take effect uh, in May of 2024. 
the local markets in BC, though, they've already started to see an uptick in, in listings of these properties that have previously been um, used for short-term rentals and are now being put up for, for sale. It is somewhat unsure, though, whether the fake address on the driver's license is actually going to have an effect because part of the new legislation is that the platforms are going to have to share the data that they gather uh, with the province and then local governments will then be given that information and they will be sort of tasked with ensuring that all of the listings have the proper driver's licenses um, that are issued by the province. According to an updated report by Rentals.ca and Urbanation, the average asking price for a rental unit in Canada was up 9.9% last month from a year ago. Um, that now sits at $2,178. Uh, this now we've seen rents uh, hit new highs for six months in a row. According to this report, the average cost of a one-bedroom unit in October was $1,906, and that is up 14% from 2022. Uh, the average price for a two-bedroom unit, $2,255, and that's an 11.8% annual jump. Um, as has been the case, Vancouver is leading the way again here as the most uh, expensive Canadian city for renters. The average one-bedroom unit listed at $2,872. Uh, the two-bedroom units, $3,777. That's hard to even contemplate that. that those, are, those are astoundingly high numbers, uh, at least in my opinion. Ironically, these are actually lower from the September asking prices, uh, but they are up 6.7% um, and 5.5% on an annual basis. Toronto, that was the next highest ranked major Canadian city, $2,607 for a one-bedroom apartment, uh, $3,424 for a two-bedroom. Calgary once again led the way for the annual rate growth. Uh, this is the ninth straight month that it has been in that dubious uh, position there. It's now asking rent, uh, the rents have risen 14.7% year over year. The average rent in Calgary is now $2,000. And $93, and Montreal was in second place with the annual rent growth. Their 10%, sorry, 10.2% rate they saw last month with an average of $2,046 in October. This report also showed that a major factor that's driving up rent prices is this trend of fewer people buying houses, becoming homeowners. That's obviously in large part because of the cost of, uh, of mortgage costs, with interest rates rising as high as they have. Around 33% of Canadian households our renters, as more and more people shift to that rental category, of course, it's going to do nothing more than just drive the prices up. Auto giant Stellantis, their CFO, Natalie Knight, she said that the six-week strike that they just ratified with the United Auto Workers was longer than expected. She said the cost would uh, be around 750 million euros in terms of profitability and around 3 billion euros in revenue in the 2023 fiscal year. The company announced on Monday that it is offering 6,400 U.S. salaried employees voluntary buyouts as part of this new contract in an effort as they transition over to a more production of EVs. Under the new UAW contract, the company has agreed to offer $50,000 buyouts in both 2024 and 2026 for veteran production and skilled trade members. There are around 12,700 or so salaried U.S. employees who are not represented by a union, and this would represent about 50% of that workforce. Now, to be eligible for this buyout, you must have at least five years experience, and you would have to agree to depart before the end of December. Stellantis Chief Operating Officer, Mark Stewart, he told uh, employees in April that a review of its operations had made it clear that they must become more efficient. And previously, back in October of last year, Stellantis offered voluntary buyouts to its US salaried employees who are at least 55 years of age with 10 years or more experience. 
I have a couple of earnings reports for some Canadian companies. First, let's start with Suncor, and they reported their third quarter adjusted profit of $1.52 per share. That's down from $1.88 a share in the prior year, but it did beat expectations of $1.34. Cash flow from operations fell 6% to $4.18 billion, down from $4.45. Oil and gas production fell 4.6%, while its refineries operated at 99% of capacity. That's down from 100% in the third quarter of 2022. The company also did say that it is maintaining the 2023 guidance that it released uh, back in May. Also wanted to report on Algonquin Power here. They reported Q3 adjusted earnings of 11 cents per share. That's unchanged from a year ago. Analysts had expected in this case 12 cents. Net earnings were $79.3 million. That is up 8% from the $73.5 million seen back in 2022. Revenue for the quarter, $624.7 million, down 6% from $664.4 million seen a year earlier and below expectations of $643.9 million. Coming up for the balance of this week, we have reports uh, tomorrow from Cisco. Also, Palo Alto, Target, TJX will be reporting tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, Walmart will be reporting. It's always a, you know, a good bellwether to see how the economic spending is doing. Consumer spending, we have Alibaba reporting. Um, if you're not subscribed to the channel, go ahead and do that now. I'm here on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm here today, Tuesday, because it was a holiday yesterday. Uh, but most Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with this type of update. I will put a link in the description of this video to our Investing Academy. I say thank you very much for watching this video, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.